This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's our toll-free number, 855-450-3733. That's the number you can call to get on the air, on the radio, coast-to-coast, lots of stations. If you've got something to say, we want to hear it. The we I refer to is myself, Chris. And I'm Ian. And I'm nobody. And uh, we we always kick off with some ideas of things that we find interesting. And, and variations on this uh, come up all the time throughout the year. A government-regulated industry needs to start doing really stupid things. Because they're a government-regulated industry, and they have people that they've got to answer to. But but Ian thinks there's more to this story, which he's not going to share with me. He, quote-unquote, wants to get my reaction live. So uh, we're going to see how I react to this big reveal that will be happening sometime in this story. But we're, we're going to talk about California. And we're going to talk about PG&E doing rolling blackouts due to what's going on with the weather. So basically, nobody, it breaks down like this. They're expecting some really dry weather. And Mm -hmm. we know how well weathermen predict the weather. Um, Based on this, they have determined, they are saying that no, it's going to be too dry all across the state, and it's going to be windy conditions. So some of our equipment might be sparking and things like that, and that could start wildfires. So uh, we here at PG&E have a plan to keep you safe. We're going to uh, just shut off your power. Oh, yeah, that's what they do in <laughs> Venezuela, too. Uh, I'm sure they all have. the commie countries they have that as a, as a feature just to a keep feature. everybody safe. Keep everybody, yeah, from uh, yeah, and there's, there's from power. Power. There is danger. Refrigeration can be dangerous. Ex- Somebody could be trapped in a refrigerator and freeze, freeze to death. My gosh, I, I had you, you can hurt yourself with power tools. Life is just safer without electricity. Uh, I don't p- think we should ever ever have done it, particularly in California, where you know it gets warm. Okay, it gets blistering hot in some parts of the state, but but hey, you know, think of the money these people are going to save on the power bill. You know, you don't get a power bill uh, if they do a rolling blackout. You know. You, that's that's a period in time that your electric bill just can't go up. That's true. Can't can't do it. Um, but your food bill can go up. <laughs> it can, and uh, other things can happen too. Uh, we're going to jump right into this story. Uh, L.A. Times reporting tempers flare as millions in California endure power outages from PG and E. Placerville, California, classes were canceled. Frozen food melted. Hospitals switched to emergency generators. Blooms withered in florists' coolers. Unused food was jettisoned at shuttered restaurants. Lines formed at gas stations. Cell phones faded out. This sounds like uh, the type of TV program I would watch. Like a disaster? Oh, it does. It sounds so post-apocalyptic. I'm loving it. Look at and try to imagine the tremendous losses that these businesses are suffering oh yeah mm-hmm. you yeah. can't open your restaurant yeah oh, oh worse yet 
uh, I can't refrigerate my food. That means right. that food gets thrown out. Which I, you bought in advance thinking you were going to be able to sell it, put it in your freezer, and whoops. You uh, didn't know you didn't know power outages were coming. How could you have planned for that? Right. Oh, but wait, they announced it. They announced earlier this summer that this was going to be happening. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just when you have no idea. Yeah. Uh, a florist. <laughs> so what do you do? Do you do you keep the bare bare minimum amount of food in stock because then you're just not going to be able to serve your customers? You've got to have food in stock if you're running a restaurant. Exactly. Or as they brought up here, a florist. Florists keep all their blooms. On on not on ice, but they keep them refrigerated mm-hmm. so they last. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I've I've sent my girlfriend flowers, and the next day they don't look as good as they did the day before. Right. Uh, that's what happened Wednesday when the state's largest utility shut off power to millions of Californians in a drastic attempt to avoid the killer wildfires that have been charring hundreds of thousands of acres, causing billions of dollars in damage. And spurred cries of widespread change. Excuse me. Cries for widespread change in how electricity is delivered over the state's aging grid. I bet you nobody is proposing, I'm not you nobody, but no one in, in California is proposing uh, to bring bring out those, I guess they've been developing them and or they're already done, uh, these little miniature nuclear power facilities. Oh, yeah. That those are, just, are great. Like, like the size of a refrigerator. Put dig it in, dig a hole in your backyard, and it'll power a whole neighborhood. And yeah. it cannot melt down because of the the, the reactor type or whatever material it the, is. The design. And I know Bill Gates is involved in uh, bringing this uh, technology forward too. It's mm-hmm. the idea is, it, is: are these fusion or fission reactors? They, it is a fission reactor. So we haven't really, really? haven't really developed fusion well. Um, there are some some things out there, but it's a fission reactor that's basically uh, encased. I, I guess it's it has to do with how it's layered together. It's basically you can you can ship it on a truck. You could dig a hole in the ground, and it can't it can't go uh, with a runaway chain reaction. The worst that'll happen is it'll just melt down. It'll be completely self-contained, and what it's self-contained in becomes its quote unquote burial. So you don't have waste to dispose of, too. So mm. it's a, an aggressive technology. I think it's very cool. But, of course, it's going to have to go up the uh, up the chain of command in the White House. And but all it's our, nuclear, and yeah. that's bad. Well, everybody's going to, you're going to get the not-in-my-backyard syndrome. You're going to get, you know, I, I think that's great technology, but don't have it, don't, not close to me, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, is, is usually what kills these things. And politicians will listen to people if it's an election year the rest of the time they don't Hmm. Uh, pacific gas and electric began cutting power shortly after midnight in counties around sacramento by the end of the day outages had radiated out to encompass 34 counties with all but seven counties north of merced at least partially in the black about eight hundred thousand customers we're expected to lose power Wednesday, leaving more than... 800,000? 800,000. 800,000. That's a lot. That's okay. And uh, some of these hospitals out there without power may be doing research in Lyme disease, so keep those guys going because I could use it. Uh, leaving more than a million people without lights, air conditioning, computers, and refrigerators. Gusty conditions are expected throughout Thursday morning 
and PGE, PG&E fears windblown electrical lines uh, could spark fires if power is cut. This is so it's basically what they're saying is it, it could be windy. We know it's going to be dry. We know our our infrastructure is aging and lines are prone to go down. So to protect you from wildfires, this this whole story sounds like it's like three steps divorced from the problem. There's something mm-hmm. missing here, and I don't know if the Los Angeles Times is going to get into it. I haven't read this particular story. Uh, but they might not want Californians to know why this is happening. Well, PG&E has not been hiding this from what I understand. They actually – so we talked about this on this program during the summer when they had announced that this was going to happen at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and my – you know, the obvious question that all this data – you know, oh, well, it's windy. It's dry. Power lines. Danger. Fire. Okay, well, why? Because there's power lines all over the place, you know, in the United States. There's dry conditions outside of California. So why is this happening in California? And we're not hearing the same thing from power companies in New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada, right. um, any other you know dry, arid kind of desert uh, conditions. And there's a reason why it's happening in California. And it has to do with the government. And it has to do with the mandates that they've put upon this government monopoly, this government approved monopoly, the PG&E people. And I'll tell you about it coming up. Interesting. Who would ever think that somebody's uh, you know pain and suffering ties back to government? Well, we do. We're going to explore how. Ian's going to tell us about that. 855-453. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. 855-453, that's our toll-free number, 855-450-3733. That's the number to get on the air and share what you would like to talk about. This is Open Phones Radio. You can bring up any topic you like, and we will talk about it, at least for a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, in studio, it's Chris. And Ian. And nobody. And we're discussing California. So many of our stories will end up in California. Uh, In this case, it is uh, the government-backed and supported Pacific Gas and Electric. And the title of this story is uh, Tempers Flare as Millions in California Endure Outages Over PG&E. Um, so basically what PG&E has said is it's going to be really windy and it's really dry. So, you know, just because of that, we are going to, you know, do rolling blackouts. Not it, just because of that. Not just because of that, according to Ian. Um, but uh, today, uh, excuse me, yesterday, at least two million people were without lights, air conditioning, computers or refrigerators or anything else. You would plug into the outlet and use uh, get power for. But at least they were safe from fire. They were yeah. safe from fire. So they're and real... they got a free tour of communism. Right. <laughs> it's just like going to Venezuela without leaving home and getting shot. Yeah, except right. Venezuela got the power back on after about five days. Um, they are saying this may take several days in some cases for the conditions to clear up. And for them to turn it back on. And in Venezuela, one of the things that they had said during the past uh, the massive power outage, which fortunately for them, 
you know, it, it's not freezing cold in Venezuela. So, you know, nobody died from freezing to death. But of course, the other hand of that is whenever the power goes out, like in Florida or another, another hot place, you get old folks passing oh, yeah. away because they die from heat exhaustion you bet. Uh, in their homes. They don't have the air conditioner uh, anymore. Mm-hmm. But what uh, happened in Venezuela, or at least what some people said was happening, was that there was some very poor care or no care whatsoever being given to the areas surrounding the power lines, meaning mm-hmm. that there was nobody going out there with a weed whacker or whatever it is they use, some big piece of equipment, uh, to take down whatever weeds and brush and such that would, would grow up around those things, which causes a fire hazard. Sure. Um, and they believe that that's how the power ended up going down, was that there was a fire started there. So here... It again it begs the question. All this, all these claims about well, there's windy conditions. It's dangerous. Could start a fire. Well, how come this isn't happening anywhere else? And this is what we asked the last time uh, we talked about this when the PG&E first announced this over the summer. And the reason is PG&E. Now look, they may be a government bureaucracy, or not government bureaucracy, but a government imposed monopoly. Sure. There's not any competition to them. They probably suck because of that. I'm not going to give them a whole lot of credit here. But what they did do was they came to the Utilities Commission in California. And in fact, there's even an article on their website about it uh, with what they call their 2020 general rate case. So this is their case oh. to the commission. <laughs> of course. Saying, hey, look, uh, we've got problems here. We can't take care of the power lines in the way that they should be taken care of. We don't have enough money to do the necessary tasks to reduce the risk of fire around our power lines, we need more money for this. We need to raise our rates. And they do say here they want a billion extra dollars uh, in 2020 or whenever it was that this this thing starts. Uh, looks like revenues for 20, 2020 through 2022. So they want, according to this, $1.1 billion increase over currently adopted revenues for 2019. So yeah, they wanted it to go from 85 to 9.6 billion from 2019 to 2020. Wow. And from what I understand from what we covered over the summer, the Utilities Commission denied the increase, basically saying, "Well, we think you've had enough money. We're going to just put a stop to this. We need to protect the consumers in California and we just we're not going to let you raise rates." So basically, faced with more liability for fires because right. they were sued, and we can. T- I'm sure they mentioned that in this this story, and there's another one that I've got about how they were sued and and they lost. Um, but you know they don't want to get sued again because another fire starts destroying people's homes, so they don't have enough money. They say to maintain the areas around the line sufficiently, the government of California will not allow them to raise their rates in order to get enough money to maintain the line. So they're just going to shut off the power instead. That's all they have left that they can do. <laughs> So the government of California is really the one to blame for this, not only because they denied the rate increase, but of course because they put a government-approved monopoly in power mm. in the first place. Yeah, that's that's the root problem, is is all these things have to, for it to quote-unquote work, um, government has to tax Californians, and they have to distribute the fruit of their labor to the power companies, so they have to. Well, it's not taxed well, necessarily. It's the bill, the power company. Yeah, it's not. A, it's not a matter of giving money to the power company. It's a matter of allowing them to raise right. their own rates. They can't raise rates without permission from the state. Right. Yeah. Okay, I stand corrected. Yeah. But I'd be amazed if part of what they get isn't just a a whatever you want to call it. Um, the government, in some way, pays 
PG&E directly for some things. And I'm not just talking... Well, I'm not talking about their power. Yeah. I'm sure that they get certain grants and things yeah. like that. Well, the so biggest you- thing that the government gives uh, PG&E is they serve as enforcers for their cartel. Sure. Right. So if anybody goes and tries to start selling power in California, California thugs with guns will come and kill them right. based from the government, yeah. and that is the gift that the California government gives to the power companies. While at the same time, the pow- the government goons in California get to point their fingers at oh, PG&E. Yeah. Here's a quote from California Governor Gavin Newsom. This is from Vox.com. Of course, this story, given that people don't really know what the cause is, it's not covered in a lot of these stories, the actual mm-hmm. cause. Vox, of course, a left, left-leaning left publication headline, PG&E's power shutoff in California shows the inequities of climate risks, as though this has anything to do with climate change or anything like that. <laughs> now, uh, do you think maybe that's why California decided not to give them the rate change? Because then they can point at, the, uh, point at, at either wildfires or point at rolling blackouts and say, Look how dangerous climate change is. Maybe, or well, maybe it was do. maybe yeah. it was just as simple as, hey, we don't want people blaming us. Maybe the board, the Public Utilities Commission, just doesn't want to hear a bunch of angry uh, people coming at them saying, hey, my power bill went up. When on the other mm. hand, I've, uh, you mentioned this. I'm going to afternoon- call up angry if my power goes off. Well, right. You mentioned this this afternoon, uh, nobody. When we were talking about this, is like how many of these customers who are without power would be willing to pay an extra ten bucks a month uh, to get their power turned back on? I suspect most of them. But the ga- California governor said this. Uh, yesterday, quote, PG&E are in bankruptcy because of their terrible management going back decades. They created these conditions. And who gave them a monopoly again? <laughs> exactly. Maybe they, you shouldn't take companies with terrible monopolies or with terrible management and say, hey, guess what, Californians? You can't buy your power from else. anybody else or we're going to start throwing people in prison. But who's the scapegoat? PG&E. There isn't a tree moving right now because of the wind, said Todd Pickett, who was buying battery-powered lamps. They're telling us there's a hurricane. There are 12 billion reasons why PG&E is sticking it to us. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly what government wants. They want PG&E to to be the the fall game. Fall guy on this. 855-453. This is Free Talk Live. Chronic pain, stress and anxiety, fatigue or lack of focus, dependence on opioids or opiates? John Bush here, owner of Brave Botanicals, inviting you to try a free ounce of Kratom, the controversial plant remedy the government doesn't want you to know about. Why, you ask? Well, it's big competition for big pharma. From grandmothers cutting Oxycontin to keep up with their grandkids, to young adults kicking Adderall and quitting drinking, more Americans are turning to Kratom to help them through the day. But the government won't stop us. When the credit card companies kicked Kratom to the curb, I accepted e-checks and crypto. When Facebook shut down my ad account, I did podcast interviews and advertised on Free Talk Live. And now to give a big F you to the man, I'm giving away Kratom for free. To get your free ounce of Kratom, go to freeounceofkratom.com, pay $5 shipping and handling, and I'll send you a free ounce. Visit freeounceofkratom.com to claim your free ounce today. That's freeounceofkratom.com. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's our toll-free number, 855-450-3733. 
that's how you can get on the air. You can also use Discord. Discord is a very cool little app. Load it on your phone, load it on your PC, load it on your laptop. Use your high-speed internet connection and your quality microphone, and you will sound like you are right here in the studio with us. You can find out more at discord.freetalklive.com. But first, I wanted to tell you about local.bitcoin.com. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin Cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin Cash. That's local.bitcoin.com. We are talking about California. I Usually, it seems like half the time we're talking about wildfires. We're not talking about wildfires. We're talking about rolling blackouts because PG&E, uh, Pacific Gas and Electric, is telling the people of California that, hey, we're going to have to turn off your power for a couple hours or maybe a day or maybe a week or maybe a month or whatever. Till further notice. Till further notice. Because these the, the the weather is just dry and windy, therefore, to, to keep us from uh, accidentally lighting a fire by one of our power lines going down, we're just going to turn off power. And now we can guarantee your home will not burn up because of a fallen power line. Mm. Thank Although us. it might burn up because you're having a campfire in your living room. <laughs> because you have no light. Uh, and no, die no if you start a generator in the living room, too, which some people have been known to do during outages. Don't do that, mm-hmm. folks. It's all insanity. And Ian, as Ian was telling us, uh, we have, uh, Free Talk Live had covered this story because PG&E announced they were going to do it. Months, earlier this, yeah, yeah, this year. Yeah, it's like this earlier this summer, and yep. and this has been talked about. And it's not the, the, the gist out of this uh, L.A. Times story is... You know, we have to do it because things will catch on fire and you guys, you know, well, you can't really switch to another power company now, can you? So Hmm. you're just not going to have any power. Uh, And they go on, you know, about how we've worked with many of our, you know, worked with hospitals and and places like that to make sure they have, uh, you know, generators online. And it's just just ridiculous. The real story, as they were clear to mention before, was – PG&E wanted to do a rate hike. They wanted to make the cost a little bit more expensive so they could pay for the the necessary maintenance that you do to avoid fires. That means trimming brush and trimming trees that are close to power lines and all this stuff. But the California uh, Public Utilities Commission denied that. They said no. That's my understanding. I'm trying to find an article where it actually says that they denied it. There mm-hmm. is an article here, uh, August 14th of this year, where PG&E customers, uh, some of them came to beg the commission, a public forum held at Fresno City Hall, beg them to deny. So people are people were demanding that this increase be denied. Now, what is it that they're asking for, according to... 
the proposal from PG&E, which I have in front of me here, they want an extra $1.1 billion increase, but that's hard to really comprehend, right? What does right. that actually break down to? They say that if approved by the CPUC, that's the Public Utilities Commission in California, this proposal would increase a typical residential customer bill by 6.4%, or about $10.57 per month. Okay. So an extra 120 bucks. Oh, wow. I'd rather not have co- power than pay another <laughs> yeah. 10 bucks a month. Jeez. Yeah. And uh, they say that this would allow them to install stronger and more resilient poles, covered power lines across 2,000 miles in high fire risk areas. Uh, it'll increase ongoing work to keep power lines clear from branches, from an estimated 120 million trees with the potential to grow or fall into overhead power lines, including annual vegetation inspection of approximately 81,000 miles of high-voltage electric distribution lines, implementing smart meter technology to more quickly identify and respond to fallen power lines, expanding a network of weather stations to enhance their forecasting, uh, in installing nearly 600 new high-definition cameras in high-fire threat areas, increasing coverage across these areas to more than 90%. These are some of the proposals uh, that they say that they think would help remedy this situation. Uh, okay, I'm listening to that list, and a lot of it sounds like boondoggle. I mean, like, I would go back to PG&E and say, no, you're not getting all that. What will approve, and that's the advantage of living in a state like New Hampshire, you could actually go in and, and argue your point saying, look, we'll, we'll pay you to, to trim brush and do stuff like that, but I'm not going to pay for new cameras so you can see everywhere. How about you do some of this? So basically, PG&E just had a, a laundry list, a shopping list. Mm-hmm. They've got their government uh, you know, backing and say, this mm-hmm. is what we'd like to do. And it's only going to be ten bucks per person. They thought they could sell it. See, what I would do is just say, "Hey, well, yeah, go ahead and raise your rates." But we've decided to let people compete with you. Mm. So if somebody finds a way to do it more efficiently, people who live here can buy their power from them instead. The public forum uh, comments included Fresno resident Marie Ramirez saying, "Quote: We just live day to day. They're making a choice either to eat or have lights." Central La Family Advocacy Director Margarita Rocha said, quote, I beg you not to do this. We already see families that can't afford the rate they currently have and pay rent and an buy idiot. food to take care of their families like they should. So, I mean, that's understandable. People are feeling like they are being held to the fire here, that they are mm. going to have to pony up all this extra money. You know, for, for a poor person, another 130 bucks a year is maybe the difference between paying the rent and not paying well, the rent. here's what they could do. They could cut property taxes by yeah. $10 a month, and then people would be able to afford to pay their power bills. They could, but they're not, they're not going to do that. Yeah. Right? That's no, not even on they're the table. not. Nobody's no. proposing that. Yeah. Yes, I am. Well, right. <laughs> <laughs> so you've just got a whole bunch of factors that are that are coming to play here that have been building for decades. Right. The government monopoly power company gets to pretty much do whatever they want. And now when they're being told, no, you can't do all of that. Well, they're just turning off the power. Right. People can't afford the power increase because of all the government that mm. California already has piled onto these people through property tax and income tax and all these other things. And to be fair, uh, California's tax burden probably went up today. Mm-hmm. I don't know what proposal, but California is always layering on something new to tax. Yeah. So it's it's um just it's never ending and this isn't going to get better no there's actually a story over at the guardian saying this may be the new normal in california 
Well, and don't think... Why doesn't California just fall into the ocean and have (laughs) done with it? Well, and it's good that this is sort of a cautionary tale because this kind of thing goes on in all 50 states. And I can tell you it goes on here in New Hampshire where we broadcast this show from. Yeah. You know, at least a couple times a year, I'm going to get a little flyer from my place. Well, you know, from my electric company saying, well, you know, we are uh, need to ask for a temporary high price increase for the winter months. And sometimes they do it just for uh, a seasonal thing. And that makes sense. Um but hey, you know, you live somewhere where it's always nice. That's the, I guess, the price you pay, California. That's the price you pay for big government. And hmm. they, yeah. they have, they have not shown uh, any loss of appetite for government programs. They bring them up left and right. And I don't know hmm. where this is going to end. No I, lack of inte- of appetite, but plenty of lack of intelligence. Well, I think it's going to end with uh, some people going out of business and saying, you know what, I can go and make tacos or you know whatever their restaurant or sell flowers. Or we were talking at the beginning of your, your story about how businesses are being affected by this. I can go sell this stuff in Nevada. I can go to Arizona. I can go somewhere else. Why would I want to do it where my power is going to be randomly turned off every, you know, however often? I think the biggest migration uh, is California to Texas, and mm-hmm. I can't blame them. What do you think? 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. 855-450-3733 is our toll-free number. That's 855-450-FREE. That's the number you can call. And talk about whatever you like. This is Open Phones Radio. You control the airways. But first, I wanted to tell you about the Edge Wallet. The Edge Wallet, it's not a leather wallet. It's not something you stick in your pocket, you silly people. This is a cryptocurrency wallet. This is how you can buy, sell, trade, and secure your cryptocurrencies. It's iOS and Android compatible. Got versions for each. User-controlled, you own your own money, you control your own money. There's support for Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, Tokens, Monero, Ripple, Stellar, and many, many more. It's built by a veteran team. They have been building quality software since 2014. They Their tagline is, secure your freedom. We couldn't agree more. You can find out more at edge.app. That's edge.app. I just used mine today for breakfast. I... You, <laughs> It's sad to say, but I think I use mine pretty much every day. It's either something That's going in or something going out. And Why is that sad? That's not it's sad. It's not sad. It's You're on the sad. cutting edge. It's sad that more people don't. But, uh, yeah, it's true. And interestingly, I, I we have a Bitcoin vending machine in my business, and people mm-hmm. come in. Today we had probably five or six different people come in and wow. use the vending machine far and uh, far and the, the most popular wallet, without a doubt, is the Edge wallet. A lot of that's because we've turned them on to it because sure. they've used other ones and they sometimes have They're problems. Yep. Yeah, they don't have the features, but Edge uh, has done a great job. Uh, in studio, it's Chris, Ian, and Nobody. And we have been talking about California and their rolling power problems. And Better get a generator. Get a, or get out. Better yet, I'm just going to stick with get out. Yeah, mm. uh, it, it's yeah. not going to end well for California. And no, this is it's how could they guess get much better because they're not going to be making the proposals that we're talking about. Like you said, nobody get mm. rid of this monopoly 
that they've granted to PG&E. Nobody's proposing that. Indeed. Right. Nobody is proposing that. <laughs> uh, and a lot of it is driven by, you know, good intentions, too. I'll, I'll say that the environmental movement, uh, environmentalism is definitely playing into this, too. I mean, a, a lot of California's ills fall from sort of a blind faith in you've got to do everything you can, no matter how nonsensical it is to protect the planet and to protect yeah. every endangered animal that may live in california see i don't think i don't really see the environmental movement as as benign or well-intentioned most of them are green on the outside and red on the inside oh yeah what they mm-hmm. hate is prosperity they think prosperity is sin and sinners are doomed to burn in the eternal fires of global warming Unfortunately, California is filled with prosperous people who believe uh, the claptrap that comes out of the environmental movement. Run! Right. Uh, But it's sad, and it will not end well. And I I think it's going to be a bellwether state. California is always a bellwether state for all kinds of different topics. I believe it will be uh, the first real big example of socialism failing on a big scale in the United States. Well, I mean, the socialism has failed before on a big scale in the United States in that, um, although it wasn't called that then. Well, I'm going to say in modern times. Okay, in modern times. Because when the colonists first came here, remember, these guys were religious nuts. Oh, yeah. Okay? So they didn't... Uh, they wanted to be, you know, divide, devote their whole lives to God. So they decided that they were going to have these big communal fields and everybody would work them together and everybody would share in the harvest. You bet. Well, the problem is when you're working with 100 people, you're not going to work <laughs> extra hard to increase your own take by 1% of that extra effort. So and, and that, they friends, almost starved. And that's how we got how, uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. But then eventually they said, okay, well, you guys can start working your own fields in, a, in addition to working the communal fields. And soon nearly all of the food was privately uh, created and they eventually shut down the big communal fields and said, yeah, we don't need these. These aren't really producing anything anyway. Fortunately, the Indians were there to share their bounty, uh, I guess, kind of in late November. (laughs) Mm. Uh, But just to stay on California, California has a problem with homelessness. Mm -hmm. At least they say they have a problem with homelessness. People come back from San Francisco uh, with horror stories Mm -hmm. and people talk about all the homeless people in la well by the way before you before you get into this from what i can tell the cpuc i said they denied this rate case earlier and i can't find any evidence that that has actually come to pass but one thing they've done is not approved it it they're still it appears at least from this article here they say the article with people complaining to the rate commission or to the uh the puc saying hey don't raise our rates we're poor we can't afford this um there's they're saying get your comments in by the fall, when the decision will supposedly be made. So they may still yet decide to approve this rate increase, but in the meantime, it's going to be rolling blackouts until further notice, basically. Well, notice how the bureaucrats do that. See, they're telling people who live in California, just wait till fall. Well, fall never comes. It's always summer. 
it's mm. the perfect way to buy some time. <laughs> um, so they've got this homeless problem too, and they don't know how to house all these people. And they and the people mm. of California want to house homeless people. They passed a. We should uh, send them some. They they should. Um, they have tried, and they passed a um, a proposal, Prop uh, HHH. It was a one point two billion dollar bond issue uh, to to get some money for building houses for the homeless. What could go wrong, right? Sounds like a good idea. I think people hmm. should live in houses. How could it go wrong? Let me count the ways. <laughs> Well, uh, in California, a recent audit finds the cost of building supportive housing, that's sort of assisted living or whatever you want to call it, in L.A. exceeds the median price of a market rate condominium. Wow. Let me break that down for you. Instead of the government being charged with uh, creating this new housing for everybody and doling it out, they could have just bought every homeless person or homeless family a condo in L.A. Uh, well, economically, that's not technically true, because if they started actually buying up this property, the, the price of property would rise. Well, they just need to do another bond. <laughs> have to, due to the rising increase in L.A.'s cost of living, we're going to have to raise more money mm-hmm. to buy nicer condos for these homeless people. Of course, that's not how it's going to go. High fees, excess, excessive regulation, and NIMBY, not in my backyard, opposition to new housing have contributed to Los Angeles's worsening homeless crisis. And I can understand not wanting these things in your backyard. I mean, I, I lived in Chicago briefly when I was 13, and I remember walking through a housing project called Cabrini Green on a dare, and it was terrifying. Wow. It was truly terrifying. Um, you know, I, I like did not think everywhere? I was going to... Uh, Thugs? Th- crackheads, there were, you know, literally people who were obviously gangs just chilling out um it was uh it was it was scary i mean i made it through but i had a lot of people looking at me like what you doing in here white boy Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) so again they've got opposition to this new housing the same things are now frustrating the city's efforts to construct thousands of units of affordable and supportive housing where social services can be offered on site on tuesday los angeles controller ron galperin released a damning audit of the performance of proper uh, proposition HHH, a $1.2 billion bond issue passed overwhelmingly in 2016 to help finance the construction of 10,000 units of housing for homeless and low-income residents. Quote, more than two years after the first bond issuance and nearly three years since voters approved HHH, not one of the bond-funded units has been opened, unquote, Galperin announced. What have they been doing? Quote, it's clear that the city's HHH program is not keeping pace with the growing demand for supportive housing and shelter. Well, maybe the voters shelter, just unquote. need to vote more money. They need to vote. They need to double the money. Then they'll be able to build one of these shelters. They might need more of these on them. They need to vote harder. They vote harder for the homeless. Uh We'll we'll tell you a little bit more about well, this. This comes but... right back into the whole. Uh, you put a monopoly in charge, and look what kind of results you get. There's no problem on earth that government can't make worse. <laughs> Eight fifty five, four fifty three. This is Free Talk Live. 
Do you have a crypto wealth advisor or coach? If so, has your cryptocurrency advisor been investing in technology stocks for over 20 years? Have they left the corporate world and retired? Or are they still trying to make a weekly paycheck? Have they produced six-figure results for their customers in the past 30 days? And very importantly, are they a member of the Digital Currency Council? Seth Maniscalco is the founder of Crypto Wealth Coach and CryptoWealthCoach.com. Seth invested in his first Roth IRA at 19 years old while living abroad and has been investing in Wall Street and technology for over 20 years with experience in all the money markets. By comparison, so many of these so-called crypto gurus have barely been alive for 20 years. Seth has not only experienced personal success from his own investments in crypto, he has also helped his clients earn six and seven figure incomes, including helping investors make over three quarters of a million dollars in EOS in 90 days and 1,225% in only five and a half months with Chainlink. Seth has helped for the small do-it-yourself guy on up to crypto whales. Increase your wealth. Visit CryptoWealthCoach.com. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Hour number two, we do three hours of radio every night just for you to give you the opportunity to call in and get on the air and talk about what's on your mind. The us in studio tonight is myself, Chris. And I'm Ian. And I'm nobody. And we've been talking, it's been a California-centric show. We've been talking about, first of all, PG&E, that's Pacific Gas and Electric. Do they go outside of California? You used to be from Oregon. Do they have plants up there, too? They, I don't know. Okay. I used to know. Uh, I know in Oregon, I we had PG&E at one point. You did, okay. Um, but I, I know there were always players changing, and I think PG&E might still be in various parts of the Pacific Northwest. Okay. Maybe elsewhere. I don't know. Uh, PG&E was not always held in high regard, not just over the rate increases, but the movie Aaron Brockovich uh, had to do with Julia Roberts suing Potomac Gas and Electric um, because they were polluting, allegedly. It's really um, called Potomac Gas and Electric? Did I say that? You did, yeah. I got a serious case of lime brain tonight. I was I was going to say, they're a little bit off course if they were looking for the Potomac. <laughs> they have expanded. <laughs> Potomac Gas and Electric is now, yeah, never mind, uh, PG&E, <laughs> Pacific Gas and Electric. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how many states they cover, um, but the Aaron Brockovich uh, case probably brought them more press that they didn't want than anything else. So they're doing rolling blackouts because they rolling tried... Rolling blackouts makes it sound like it's a temporary measure, like, oh, it's just going to be an hour. It's rolling through. It's going to roll in. Yeah. It's going to roll right out. No, no, we're talking about days here that people are going to be out of, out of power. It started yesterday, and uh, it continues through today, and they've told people that it may be several days. Wow. Interesting. Now, do they riot in California when the power goes out like they do in uh, New York? Or? Get ready. I mean, they might yeah. at some point. There was yeah. uh, reports of a PG&E truck uh, taking a bullet. Um, mm. They Police were investigating that. And I think uh, people are, are – it's not going to take long for them to get fed up. Right. Um, and in California, they will riot. Will It'll be interesting to see if they – where their riot is directed, it's going to be directed more than likely at PG&E, uh, whose mm. hands are sort of tied because they have to ask permission 
if they want to raise their rates. It would be interesting to see P&G and E do a series of commercials that just said, we'd like to not do these, but government forbids us from raising our rates, even if it were temporarily. Um, you know, it may increase your, your power costs for 10 bucks, but but guess what? Your ice cream won't melt. Uh, guess what? Your your heart machine won't stop running. Your right. your at home dialysis won't quit in the middle of the night. Um, and- yeah, how many of the people who are you know on these medical uh, devices that you're talking about? How many of them thought ahead enough to set up a generator, thinking uh- that they were going to need that at some point? I mean, normally mm-hmm. if you get a power outage, it might be fairly temporary, right? Like there might be mm-hmm. a brownout or a temporary blackout that doesn't last more than an hour. A simple battery backup is usually enough to get you through that. But here we're talking about days. Now, they could just go sit in a hospital because the hospitals have generators, but that's going to cost thousands of dollars a day. Well, yeah, and so will everyone else, so good luck getting in. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I think if you're on dialysis, they will probably let you in during mm-hmm. a during a uh, power outage at least long enough to keep your si- yourself you know, properly dialed. Yeah, yeah. They want you to be able to pay, so they can't kill you too quick. Mm. Um, so we kind of moved from that story, and we were talking about California and Los Angeles's attempt to house the homeless, where they did a one point two billion dollar bond to three years ago, three years ago, yeah, to to start you know building housing for the homeless. Well, they uh, started. They did start, uh, but um, a quote more than two years after the first bond issuance and nearly three years since voters approved HHH, not that is the uh, proposition that was put forward, not one bond funded unit has been opened. That's the state of things right now. They have I wonder done how much, nothing. I wonder how much of that money has been spent. Good question. 117 prop HHH funded units are scheduled to be open in 2019. Los Angeles homeless population jumped 16% this year to 36,000. Well, 117 scheduled to open. There's uh, probably not many more days in, uh, left in the year at this point. Spiking development costs also mean that prop HHH will end up subsidizing only about 7,700 units, not the 10,000 mm-hmm. units promised to voters. A 2016. They really allocated 1.2 billion dollars for 10,000 units. 10,000 units. I don't know if that proposition propositions are statewide. I don't know if that was just for Los Angeles mm. or it was. This is just an example. Yeah, good point. Uh, mm. As this story points out, for the amount of money that they've spent in Los Angeles, they could have just bought everybody a condo on the open market. Uh, one, let's see, uh, spiking development costs also mean that Prop HHH will end up subsidizing only about 7,700 units. 2016 estimate of construction costs put the price of adding new units at between 350000 and 414000 but the median per unit cost... Of, How big are these units? ...of Prop HHH funding... Uh, funded projects now stands at $531,000. Over 1,000 units are expected to cost over 600000 and one project wow. has units going far over $700,000. This is sound like luxury living conditions, but you know it isn't going to be like that. It's going to be institutional crap. Right. Yeah. But it's going to be in California. And the first question is, okay, California is overcrowded. 
California is extremely expensive. So if you want to build housing units for homeless people, why build them in California in the first place? That's not a good place for them. Well, yeah, it, it is. Always uh, build the solution closest to where the problem here's, is. Here's why. Because, well, they're there, number one. But number two, somebody figured they could make some money. Hey, voters love helping the homeless. Let's put together a proposal to help the homeless. We'll build them some houses and we'll make big Bill- money off of that and they'll get some crappy houses and uh, you know everybody will be happy oh i guarantee you there's there's land developers out there that are finally unloaded this property that they couldn't get Mm -hmm. rid of for years wait they're doing section 8 housing great i can finally Mm. and it's a government bid great Mm. i can jack up my price i can even make more off of this plus we can pay off our buddies in the uh in the unions because Hey, they love union jobs. These will all be union jobs. In Capitalism and Freedom, um, Milton Friedman wrote about studying the uh, some of the other uh, federal uh, housing uh, projects that were created during the 70s. And he said that those projects actually bulldozed more rentable units of housing than they produced. So they increased the scarcity of housing, they just took decent housing, knocked it down, and turned it into garbage. Right. This uh, article comes to us from Reason. Reason has covered the high cost of building affordable housing in their lo- in the Los Angeles area before, finding that sky-high land costs, union wage requirements, high development fees, and expensive design requirements, thank you, federal government, have helped push up the costs of all of these projects. The controller's audit pinpoints many of these factors as helping to raise the cost of Prop HHH, especially the union wage mandates, city fees, and accessibility requirements for units serving disabled tenants. So make sure it's got a ramp. You know, make sure the door has a button you can push to open it. Uh, so And put that on every single unit, even though not all of them need it. That's exactly right. Uh also driving up the costs are city regulations that require developers receiving Prop HH funding to have experience building supportive housing and the need of these developers to piece together financials uh, from multiple uh, local, state, and federal sources. It sounds way too complicated to just build somebody a damn house, and that's what you get with government. 855-450 free. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's our toll-free number. That's 855-450-3733. You can also hit us up on Discord. You can find out more at Discord dot freetalklive.com all you got to do is load the discord app use your high-speed internet connection and your quality microphone and you'll be in business but first do you take cryptocurrency at your business a lot of people are talking about bitcoin and bitcoin cash and ethereum and all kinds of stuff but do you accept it well you should you should go to helpmetakebitcoin.com. Do you op- 
Do you operate a retail business or are you looking for a solution for point-of-sale cryptocurrency acceptance? It's never been easier thanks to HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. There's no paperwork or approval process to open an account. If you already have a tablet at your cash register, you're almost done. Just visit HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com and follow the simple steps. Within moments, you'll be accepting cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Dash at your store. Get started now at HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. That's HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. In studio, it's myself, Chris. And I'm Ian. And I'm the nobody formerly known as Rich Paul. And we have been talking about nobody staying cool in California due to rolling outages. Euphemistic term, Ian points out, and I think that's uh, accurate. The power's out, and they don't know when it's going to come back Affecting on. Affecting millions of customers. At one point, as many as 2 million. Yeah. And now maybe a 1.5 million, they're saying, have been affected today. So initially 2 million yesterday, still as many as 1.5 million today. Wow. Yeah, it's insanity. And it all has to do with the government allowing or disallowing, in this case, uh, PG&E, Potomac, Potomac, Pacific Gas and Electric to actually increase the cost to consumers. And I don't like my electric bill going up uh, any more than the next guy. But if the choice were you could have no power or you can have slightly more expensive power, I think I'd do that. And in the meantime, I think I would be hammering on my state representative to do away with the California public utilities commission uh it's it's not a good thing for government to be in charge of how businesses get to charge what they do and worse yet to make a monopoly uh out of things like utilities these things can be free market solutions too don't let them tell you they can't be there is no industry that is best served by a coercive monopoly including government right um, including the industry itself, uh, because this PG&E company is a bloated, bureaucratic, private organization that has mm-hmm. a mandate to be the only organization from which people can buy power within a large swath of California. They're not the only one that serves California. There are at least a few different companies, from what I've seen, uh, that serve different areas of the state. But PG&E is, uh, is probably one of the largest ones. And... You know, they've been done a disservice by not allowing them competition because you don't have competition means you're going to grow fat, you're going to grow ugly, you're going to uh, be lazy. slow, you're yeah. going to be lazy. You don't have to fix things when you normally would have to fix them because your customers can't do anything else. Unless they physically get up and leave the area, they cannot choose any other option for uh, power service. And so... PG&E would be a better company if they were subject to competition, but they're not. Yeah, well, or people would, would buy things from somebody else, because it may right. be that the people at PG&E are, are just incompetent. And this is well, all people talk, people talk about the military-industrial complex. Well, this is the regulatory-industrial complex, mm-hmm. where there are companies that specialize in knowing how to work politicians, and that's the only thing they do well. Uh, so they work the politicians, and they get these contracts, and then they can't fulfill them. But it doesn't matter that they can't fulfill them, because they know how to work the politicians. You know, one of the most hated companies in the United States is Comcast. 
Now, that's no offense. I mean, you have a very low rate of customer satisfaction. Comcast does. Uh, and there, there's been recent stories that have come out about all the hidden bill, hidden costs in your Comcast bill. Something like 37% of the bill is actually either regulatory, meaning government requires them to collect this money, or more to the point, government, they've been lobbied uh, to require them to collect this money as some form of recovery fee for something or other but but up to 37 percent of your comcast bill is nothing but fees and some of it is just fat that goes directly to comcast it doesn't go to government programs it's not helping people in impoverished areas get cable service it's just profit Mm -hmm. for them well the thing they need in impoverished areas isn't to watch more tv anyway this is true um but that's the excuse well but even comcast has competition in the form of satellite television for instance in some Mm -hmm. areas um well satellite is pretty much available in (laughs) all of north america this is true and in some areas there may actually be actual cable competition Mm -hmm. not very rare pretty rare um, but they may have competition. Like around here, we have DSL and cable. It's pretty widespread. You're talking about cable for internet there. Yeah. Well, but yes. The, the phone company isn't competing with television services in, in most places. In some areas, they do. Fios uh, unless and they things have like Fios. that. Yeah. But what Comcast is very good at doing is lobbying. And mm-hmm. they can get the regulations they want, and they will do very well with that. So in a mm-hmm. lot of industries, it's... And in return, they'll cheerlead for every war out there, <laughs> among other things. They will, and they will uh, get your congressman reelected if necessary, if they're voting the right way. And so, mm-hmm. so co- these companies that have monopolies, people complain all the time about the lobbying in, in Washington... These are the companies that are doing it. It's the PG&Es of the world. It is the Comcast of the world. They have an interest in making sure their politicians are there and they stay there. You know, I I know there's lots of other things that people lobby for, uh, but if you're going to look at a primary one, look at regulated industries. Their their bread and butter relies on them keeping regulation in place. Uh, we were talking also about California's attempt to house the homeless and how the median cost of a new unit is now more expensive in Los Angeles than if you just buy them a condo. A off- new unit of the government housing. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want anyone to get confused about my unit. Um, the unit is expecting a cost of 600000 That's how much the taxpayers are on the hook for. Uh, and actually, it's supposed to go up to probably around seven hundred thousand from an original estimate of three hundred fifty. Was it? Yeah, three hundred thirty thousand. It's doubled. Per, yeah. The cost is doubled. Yeah. Um, and reason is uh, that's where this article comes to us from. It's not just the union wages. It's not just the city fees, the accessibility requirements, but a whole host of other things. Los Angeles has done to make the permitting process almost impossible to get through slow everything down and allow neighborhood groups plenty of time to gum up the works and you might think they're doing what's in your interest they're doing what's in their interest 855 450 free this is free talk
Divi is crypto made easy. Anyone can use Divi to securely and seamlessly spend, earn, store, or exchange digital money, the U.S. dollar, and euros. Divi is fast. Transactions happen in seconds with fewer fees. While other altcoins are languishing, the Divi price has risen substantially against BTC. Now's the time to make a switch to Divi or make your start with cryptocurrency with Divi. Visit DiviProject.org. Divi is crypto made easy. Plus one click master notes. DiviProject.org. Again, DiviProject.org. This is Free Talk Live. 855-453, that's our toll-free number. 855-450-3733, that's the number you can call and tell us what's on your mind, what is of interest to you, and we can talk about it. But first, I want to tell you about Liberty First University. You may have heard of Chris Ann Hall. She's a former Florida attorney and former prosecutor fired after teaching the Constitution, even though she was ordered not to by her boss, State Attorney Skip Jarvis, she would not stop and stood up for liberty over a paycheck. Watch the replay of our webinar with Chris Ann Hall at for free at lfu.freetalklive.com. Chris Ann is a disabled veteran of the United States Army, a Russian linguist, a mother, and a patriot. She now travels the country and teaches the Constitution and the history that gave us our founder founding documents. Chris Ann Hall doesn't just teach the Constitution. She lays the foundation that shows how reliable and relevant our founding documents are today. She presents the genealogy of the Constitution, the 700-year history, and five foundational documents that are the very roots of American liberty. Her belief is that you cannot properly understand or interpret the Constitution without a firm grasp of its very foundation. To learn more about Liberty First University and watch this free webinar on demand, visit lfu.freetalklive.com. Don't wait until it's too late to get this webinar for free. Watch now at lfu.freetalklive.com. In studio, it's myself, Chris. And Ian. And nobody. And we have been talking all things bad about California. I hate to sound like I'm picking on California, but... California's got it coming. You got it coming, man. You, you guys have, have just allowed your government to exceed, expand beyond almost any state in the union. New, you're, you're tied with New York as the least free state. No, in, no, they're not tied. Oh, are they number one? Not the last time I looked. New York was the worst, the least free state by far. Oh, really? Way worse than California. Oh, so wow. you you got to try harder, California. Yeah. You're you're getting, getting there. beat on the race to the bottom yeah. by New York. Is that New York City or New the York state. state? Interesting. So the rating of uh, the 50 states based on, on liberty and California, no matter what poll... Um, that, that tries to rate liberty in 50 states, California is always going to be near the bottom. And, you know, I know you listening to me, you don't want to be known as the place that has the worst liberty, that, that has the lowest ratings on anything. What state, who would ever want their state to rate at the bottom of the polls? But 
you keep electing these politicians that promise to give you everything, everything under the sun, and this is what you get. Uh, everything the government says is a lie and everything it has is stolen. Well, coming up, uh, we can get back into the power outage because I've got a story about uh, estimates that it could cost their economy more than $2 billion. Wow. Wow. This one. They could build a thousand wow. condos for that. Well, not just that, but it's twice as much even for this one as the rate increase that they were asking for in the first place. Right. Well, that was only 1.1 or 1.2 billion. Uh, that was the first bond. Yeah, 1.2 billion dollars. Yeah. Mm. So, what do you got? Oh, uh, were you done with your uh, Oh, no. Your other you, story? Well, I'm we we were just, you know, basically we can outline all the myriad reasons why this government housing project in Los Angeles is failing. Uh, you know, it's and when it gets to the bottom of it everything in this article just talks about another regulation that the california legislature has passed and another legislative you know it it, this is what happens when you get big government this is what happens Mm -hmm. you can't even house people that don't have anywhere else to go well but even the smaller governments screw it up too because governments don't have the incentives for excellence they don't have the incentives uh, to do a good job and do a good job at a good price, you know, even the city of Keene or whatever, right? Like Los oh, yeah. Angeles is a humongous bureaucracy. City of Keene, where we live here in Southwest New Hampshire, is nowhere near as large and, and bureaucratic. But they're still bureaucratic. They're yeah. still going to yeah. go over costs. They're still going to um, screw up their jobs, and it's still going to cost way too much for what you actually get. In every single case, government cannot be efficient. It can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you'll have people say that, well, no one but government could do, you know, could build all these houses. You know, only government can do that. And and it's nuts. No, there's a lot of houses in America that were not built by the government. Probably the super majority. I don't see why there couldn't be more. The reason why, you know, no one else can do this is because government (laughs) stands in the way of people doing it like we've talked about seattle for instance where they have a housing shortage Uh, san francisco of course is another example where there's all these tech jobs that attract a ton of workers to Mm. these areas but the government goons stand in the way of development you can't just buy a plot of land and start building you got to go and ask permission first well, and if you're asking permission, you've got to show charts and you've got to show studies and you've got to beg and you've got to entreat, you've got to pay, you've got to pay bribes, you've got to pay licensing fees, and maybe even then they still won't let you do it. So, no. so, and even if you Los build it, Ange- you can't get power. Yeah, you can't. Well, right. And you can't, <laughs> uh, you, the marketplace cannot expand to what is necessary to support the jobs that are available and the people that want to come into that marketplace. So as a result, the prices of the existing places go sky high because there's no other supply that can be given. So what happens is like what Los Angeles does, and this is supposed to be a a potential solution. Government sues another part of government saying we should be exempt from these government regulations that we didn't put in place, but another part of government did. And what they point to is the California Environmental Quality Act. And mm. Los Angeles is actually suing to try to exempt it. They passed an <laughs> ordinance, um, but they're having trouble doing it to declare that any of the Proposition HHH projects should be exempt from state laws. Because <laughs> it costs more, because, right? Because it's, and because you can't build anything with those laws in place. It's insane. Yes, and, it is. Um, 
you know, CEQA lawsuits are a favorite tool of NIMBYs, not in my backyard, to either stop unwanted projects or extract concessions from the developers. In response, California's legislature has passed a law this year exempting Prop HHH projects from CEQA, again, California Environmental Quality Act. This should speed up project delivery. However, Tuesday's audit chided the city for streamlining permitting only after committee uh, committing funding to projects. The controller's audit also includes a number of recommendations for bringing costs down, including finding more ways to streamline approvals, embracing cost-saving construction methods. Just streamline it. Just streamline. And shift funding from more expensive projects to temporary shelters. Why can't you just streamline? You've doubled the cost. Just streamline. California. So easy. Well, maybe they need more buzzwords. I mean, maybe streamlining enough is not enough. Maybe they need a whole paradigm shift. Maybe the bureaucrats need to go jump in the ocean and solve the problem for the rest of us. Uh, well, but that's what these people want. Yeah, the California people voted for this. Okay, so th- remember, this isn't like uh, the well, state of course, the California people were educated by the California educational system. All that's I'm saying is they got the it. government they deserve. Yes, it's true. That's true. That's true. You could go thank have God these... we don't have those people here. Right. You could have these bureaucrats go jump in the ocean, and all the people will do a complain. There's nobody to enforce the CEQA. They yeah, need they more need money more... for their budget. I'm I'm willing to raise my taxes, and they do it. It's it's insane. Um, but this isn't going to stop. And they needed a whole change in thinking in California. It's not just the politicians. Maybe people need to hear that. California, people of California, California is your fault. You've got exactly what you deserve and exactly what you asked for. Now you're complaining because you got it. 855 free. Do you live in California? Please tell me that there's somebody with some common sense out there. 855 free. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE. That's the number you can call to get on the air with us. That's 855-450-3733. Again, Free Talk Live is open phones radio. Not many of us left, not many stations that will let you bring up a subject that the host isn't already talking about. But we don't care. We want to hear what's on your mind because we do care. We do care. It's it's more fun when we talk about things that are of interest to you. And when they are, uh, that means we've probably hit on something and our callers invariably give us the best topics. Um, Ian, you were digging up some stuff on the economic impact of these quote-unquote rolling blackouts that Californians are suffering PG. Days long blackouts. Yeah, and we don't. PG and E, the company that is doing this, uh, they're not even really saying how long they will last. Or they're saying that it could be several days. Several days. That's what the reports are. There you go. I would. Uh, I'm going to try that if uh, I ever work for somebody else. I'm going to just say, 
I'm going to go on vacation. They're going to ask me, how long are you going for? I'm just going to say several days. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Um, it could be a week. It could be a day. It could be two months. But I'll, I'll be back to work after several days. So we were talking about this earlier in the show, and we, you know, we got into some of the reasons why these things are happening. Basically, it comes down to uh, there's some dangerous conditions near certain power lines, and those dangerous conditions could be susceptible to fire if, let's say, a power line was to be brought down by a tree branch or something like that. It could then spark a fire, which could then destroy houses and businesses and could lead to PG&E being sued, which is what that what happened to them. Uh, they're now apparently bankrupt as a result of having to pay out in that particular lawsuit due to the fires that were started due to the brush and the branches, which they say they can't afford to cut down. So they need to increase their rates in order to do more trimming of, uh, you know, maintaining of these power lines. And right now the government is not so sure whether they want to approve the rate increase. So the government is essentially that which created these these problems to begin with. And the problem, of course, now is the fact that the power is actually out. Well, what happens to your business if the power goes out? Well, if you've got a business, or maybe you're not even a business owner, maybe you're just an employee yeah. at at a, at a at whatever business it is, a factory. Well, everything's going to grind to a halt there. You're a retail. Good luck running credit cards with the power out. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some things you can do as a retailer if the power goes out. I've I've worked in retail before. I remember working at uh, the, the big Kmart down in Florida in the 19 uh, late 90s, and there were a few times when the power went out in the store, and you can still manually check some customers out. You can take cash, but you sure as hell can't take credit cards I'd, in that circumstance. I, w- I would really be interested in finding out if PG&E has to go through all the same hoops that other companies have to go through for environmental reasons too. So Oh, I'm sure they do. You know, um, likely. Yeah, but I mean if if the kangaroo rat is found on some area of land where there happen to be high tension power lines, that they're going to take them to the kangaroo court. All right, but are, are they going to be forbidden from trimming back uh I don't know. Brush and stuff like that. Well, right now they're saying their problem is they can't afford to do it. So they need more money, and they're coming to the California Public Utilities Commission, and they're asking for it. Uh, so the the fallout for this right now is it's affecting countless people, not just the folks that are on dialysis machines or other medical equipment to, in order to save their life or to extend their life. Those people are obviously threatened uh, by this situation. But business owners, people who count on power, I mean, most businesses usually have to have power to do the thing that they do. For the most part. And, and and here's how it rolls. Uh, I work for a company who is suffering a blockout, a blackout, so I can't go to work. Right. So I can't get paid. That's right. So mm-hmm. I can't pay my electric bill. You True. know, it, it's it's just, it it's going to roll in every direction away from this. And it starts off with a stupid government uh, mm-hmm. bureaucrat doing something stupid. Well, and I was also reading, and I'll get into the economic impact story here from CNBC, but I was reading another, I've been looking at different stories about this here tonight, and one uh, critic was saying that, well, PG&E needs to do X, Y, and Z. They really need to get their act together. PG&E better get this, you know, do a better job. And we talked earlier about how they, they really can't do that much of a better job because they're a government-approved monopoly. Right. But even if the government, what is the government going to do to try to incentivize them besides opening it up to a free market, which no, no one in California is going to propose? Well, what are they going to do? 
fine this bankrupt company, <laughs> hit them with hundreds of thousands of dollars in fines, that's just going to mean they're going to have to recoup those from their customers. Right. So, I mean, there's no way that you can just whip PG&E into shape. Mm-hmm. Well, if they're really bankrupt, the thing to do would be to auction their assets, let somebody else buy them, and hopefully run them better. I mean, that's that's what bankruptcy is supposed yeah, to do. Yeah, they may not be in that yeah. form of bankruptcy. I suspect they're, they're they're in one of those forms. It's probably that, a reorganization, yeah. which is, I think, Chapter 13. That's my guess, but I have not read to, the story uh, about that. They are Chapter 11. Chapter they're, 11? they're in Chapter 11. And what does yes. that mean? Okay, uh, Chapter I 11, I think, is dis. Wow, I don't know. Let's let's see what that's worth. The, an, that's worth another look. We'll look into that here in yeah. a bit. But I'm, uh, I, I was thinking, Chapter Eleven was the full bankruptcy. Well, let's, it involves a uh, reorganization of a debtor's businesses, business affairs, oh. debts, and assets. So, so um, okay, I may have yeah. gotten the chapters mixed up then. So this is the one they could theoretically come come out of. Basically. Yeah, and I don't think California wants their largest utility to fold up shop. Well, I mean, the nice thing about that is, the, I mean, the only people who suffer from that is the shareholders. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the shareholders invested in a bad company, right. so they right. deserve to Sorry. release their money. Yeah. So uh, CNBC reporting on the economic impact of these power cuts could be upwards of $2 billion, according to some estimates. The state's largest company, as you know, is cutting power this week, beginning yesterday. Uh, and it says here, Michael Wara of the Stanford Woods Institute for the Environment estimated the economic cost of the power shutdown could reach $2.5 billion. Quote, if one sums residential and small C&I, meaning commercial and industrial losses, the total is $2.5 billion in outage costs. If one assumes only residential customer impact, it's $65 million. Uh, but again, it's a ton of businesses are being affected here, so it's much larger, he said in a tweet on Tuesday, he arrived at his estimate using the interruption cost estimate calculator created by the Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory and Nexant, which compiles data on the estimated costs of power interruption. And specifically, they're talking about this one impact. OK, it's not we're not talking about if power goes out occasionally over an entire year, two point five billion dollars. We're talking about right now, this power outage that could last for what they're saying several days is maybe as much as $2.5 billion hit to the economy. Now, keep in mind, the power company asked for a billion extra dollars in their uh, rate increase proposal that has yet to be approved by the Public Utilities Commission. And so it's already being dwarfed by the amount of money being lost here by these business owners and other folks who are being subjected to this. Right. Power outages often hit local businesses the hardest since they don't always have the same large-scale infrastructure and power generators that bigger businesses might have. A day of lost business can also have a greater impact on their bottom line since it's a larger portion of their annual revenue. Since the power cuts are concentrated in suburban-slash-rural areas, Wara did not include large CNI customers. The dollar impact could be much higher if power isn't restored in a timely fashion. PG&E officials said every inch of power line will have to be inspected before resuming service. And on Tuesday, officials warned it could take up to five days. Wow. Yeah. Quote, outages that last could last longer than 48 hours. For planning purposes, PG&E suggests customers prepare for outages that could last several days. If you're a business and you're just barely a smaller business... And you don't have a generator on site. Most businesses don't. Think about that. I mean, how many businesses around here that you go to have a generator sitting out back that you're, you know, that you've ever seen? Most of them probably mm. don't. 
I've seen no. some banks that have them. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they're they're becoming more affordable, and more people are doing them. This has bigger impacts, and you know, PG and E is a company, and I don't know if this article gets into it, but as a company is facing, I mean, it's not just that they can't afford to trim trim trees and stuff like that and clean up around there and reduce the chance of wildfire. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they take a hit on the market, too. So P&E, PG&E bonds are trading at record highs, meaning that you've got to pay people more to buy your bonds. That's how they're trying to stay afloat. And it just doesn't look like PG&E is looking like a house of cards right now, and it's not going to be good. It's definitely not going to be good for people in California. 855 free. This is a mess, and it was created by government, so you have them to thank. This is Free Talk Live. Hey, everyone. This is Charlie Shrem. You've seen me on the Netflix documentary, Banking on Bitcoin, and the new best-selling book, Bitcoin Billionaires. I want to invite you to join me on my new show, Untold Stories, for a deep dive into crypto history with the people who made that history. Together, we'll explore the personalities and events that gave rise to Bitcoin and the crypto revolution, the innovation, the collaboration, the battles, and the busts. You'll have a front row seat to the early days of crypto up to today, and you'll hear from the folks who lived through it and survived to drive this movement mainstream. Untold Stories looks back to reveal what inspired some of the greatest minds on Earth to come together to create this technology and change the future for everyone. So join me and my guests, the techies and the traders, the entrepreneurs and the innovators, as we explore our past and understand what that means for the future. Listen now on UntoldStories.com. That's UntoldStories.com. This is Free Talk Live, 855-453-FREE. That's our toll-free number, 855-450-3733. You can also hit us up on Discord. Discord is way cool. You load the Discord app. You can find out more at discord.freetalklive.com, but you'll use your high-speed internet connection and your quality microphone to contact us here at the show, just like dialing in except you will sound like you are here in the studio with us. In studio tonight, it's myself, Chris. And Ian. And nobody. And nobody brought in a pretty interesting tale, a story from Decrypt.co about another stablecoin. So, What's a stablecoin? Yeah, a stablecoin is a cryptocurrency that is designed not to have real big fluctuations in price. It's supposed to be stable, and usually mm-hmm. they do that by pegging uh, the price of the stable coin against a well-known regular fiat currency like the U.S. dollar. Well, there are two ways to do it. One is a, one is a peg, and the other is a backing. Um, and the difference between pegging and backing is that if you're backed then you're actually using the coin as a warehouse certificate for some real 
uh, commodity that you can claim. Whereas if it's just pegged, you're doing something artificial to simulate it right. based on like the the price of silver and gold on the futures market. So examples of pegged coins are things like Tether. Tether's well known in the cryptocurrency world. Well, it's Tether pegged. is backed. They're supposed to have dollars in the bank that they will give you back if you uh, if you send USDT to them, right? It's a dollar-backed coin, right? Right. It's, it, it's backed, but not pegged, right? And I question whether it's really backed. Uh, there are a lot, of, a people, lot of people, people have do. been uh, asking that question, but other stable coins track the price of the dollar or the euro or whatever. Uh, backed coins are there's a few of them out there that are actually backed by something. There's a, more than a few of them. I was reading an article uh, within the last few weeks about all the different gold and silver uh, stable coins out there. I mean, it was like mm-hmm. two dozen of them that were in this yeah. story. And, and, of course, which ones are viable? Which ones are going to stick around over the years? Uh, mm-hmm. Which ones are really backed? I mean, who knows? Which the really sti- defa- flies in the face of you know the vision of Satoshi Nakamoto was you don't have to trust anyone. Um, but with these you do, and this is really taken another tack on that. Uh, this, the title of this story is crypto goes full circle with a government guaranteed gold backed stable coin. Mm. So let me get this straight. Uh, it's a stable coin. It's Mm -hmm. tied to gold. And it has the full faith and credit of does it though? A not government. the full faith and credit. I don't. Well, think. it says it's, a company plans it's not to issue government yeah. issued. I was saying that facetiously, guys. Okay, uh, it's okay. Well, um, let's get it right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right. Well, uh, for, forgive me for my sarcasm. That's okay. <laughs> Bitcoin began as an alternative to gold and state-backed money. Now, a company plans to issue a government-guaranteed gold-backed stablecoin. A crypto startup is launching a token based on government-guaranteed gold reserves, proposing it, perhaps somewhat ironically, as an alternative to volatile dollar-backed alternatives. Oh, so it really is backed by government gold reserves. I thought it was the Perth Mint's gold reserves that were backing it. Okay. Well, it's I think it's Perth Mint's gold, but it's guaranteed by, uh, by the government. Perth Mint's huh. holdings are guaranteed. Let's get into the story. The Australia-based Infinigold is launching the Perth Mint Gold Token, a crypto token backed by digital cer- digitized certificates representing gold held in a, quote, network of central bank-grade vaults, unquote. Those vaults are operated by Perth Mint, a gold refiner, quote, guaranteed, unquote, by the government of Western Australia, each token represents an ounce worth of Perth Mint gold. Huh. So again, as guaranteed as any government backing <laughs> has been guaranteed over all of history. Absolutely, we guarantee these greenbacks. Uh, Infinigold positions its token as a non-inflationary alternative to dollar-backed stablecoins. Given that the original cryptocurrency Bitcoin was itself a reaction to inflationary economics and has been championed as a better store of value than gold, it may be a sign that stablecoins have reintroduced the perils of seniorage. 
So okay, seniorage yeah, is, is not apparel. Seniorage is the difference between the value of raw gold and the value of a gold coin. Okay, tell us more. Okay, uh, in, in you how buy it gold. To this, right? There's a hunk of gold. You buy gold right. in thousand ounce ingots at a particular price. Okay, you make coins out of it, and then you sell the coins. Your profit is called seniorage. So the difference would be the cost of my big lump of gold, uh, my thousand pounds or whatever it is, and the amount that I would get after I have minted it into coins. That's the seniorage. That's seniorage. the seniorage. Okay. Yep. So, um, well, that, wouldn't that include both your profit and your costs as well? Because there's going to be significant costs in taking uh, that gold. And yeah, that's in. that's true. We would include the uh, the labor costs, whatever mm-hmm. costs are made in uh, in in running the the uh, mint right. as well. Which is why the uh, the gold back, which is the um, thing we talked about on Free Talk Live back at the Freedom Fest, mm-hmm. which we met the gold back guys there. Uh, it's a it's like a super thin, you know, foldable piece of gold. It's like a one one thousandth of an ounce. They have ones, they've got fives, they've got tens, twenty fives, and fifties. Um, these are a beautiful product, but you're going to pay almost twice the cost of the spot price of gold to get mm-hmm. these things. Right. And that's because there's a very fancy process involved in taking gold and making it into a useful thing. Right, you know? bendable, well, it's, yeah. flexible, right. and durable. Right. It's also because it's almost impossible to obtain precious metal at spot. Sure. Um, which says to me that the published spot price is not actually the price of gold. Indeed, Infinigold compares its product with dollar-backed stablecoins, saying PMGT offers owners superior transparency. Sure, we've got it. Uh, credit quality, risk diversification, and hedging against market volatility. Well, it's just a this different is, set of risks. Yeah, you're just telling in, us. In this case, it's the, the risk that the government's going to continue backing. Uh, to me, yeah. it's introducing another risk. What's that? Uh, that, uh, first of all, I have to trust Infinigold. The company. I have to yeah. trust them. I have to trust mm-hmm. that their blockchain is truly their blockchain. It is truly representative. Well, it's not blockchain. It's ERC-20. So this is going to be on the, the Ethereum, Ethereum blockchain. blockchain. Okay. So um, that's pretty trusted, right? Like Ethereum's yeah. the number two, I think, crypto right now. Number two, number three, something like that. It's up there in the top three Yeah. Uh, by market cap. So Ethereum's pretty trusted. They've got a ton of tokens on the Ethereum network. So really all you have to do is trust that they actually have the gold. And I guess that's why mm-hmm. they're saying, well, it's a government vault. It's the government's gold. So of course we've got well, the gold. It's not the government's gold. It's Perth Mint's gold. The government is insuring it. Oh. So in order for you to lose it, first Perth Mint has to fail, uh, and then the government, the government has to collapse so they can't pay out on, on the insurance. I well, see. couldn't couldn't they just you know, couldn't the government just steal the gold and tell Perth Mint it's still in our vault? Wait, well, wait, the wait, government could blow on. the world up if hold, they wanted hold, to, hold so on. sure. According to <laughs> thenextweb.com, which is the version of the story that I have in front of me, uh, reporting on the same news, they say Perth Mint is wholly owned by the Western Australian government. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, this isn't a private mint. That I didn't know. I thought the Perth Mint was, a, uh, was just a company. Oh, that explains the confusion. <laughs> so you yeah, have, there's they even link to the Perth Mint website with their frequently asked questions here. So yeah, so you have government offering a government guaranteed gold backed stablecoin. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I don't know. What What do you think? I well, mean, I'll tell you what. The gold-backed dollar worked real well. It wasn't until they got rid of that that things went bad. It's true. The idea that government guarantees mean a whole lot to you. What do you think? Let me know. 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. 855-453. That's our toll-free number. That's 855-450-3733. We're talking crypto, as we are prone to do. And something that is a little different, a little bit interesting. And I I think I'm going to, I'll let you guys and I'll, I'll throw out some questions and I'll probably try to poke some holes in this, but it is a crypto completely backed by a government guaranteed supply of gold and they want to create a stable coin in other words uh what this cryptocurrency will be is equivalent to the value of gold i guess that you you purchased Mm -hmm. or or you wanted to buy in if you buy a token it could be Mm -hmm. worth a fixed amount of gold and its price would only change with the uh, stability of gold. You know, if it could go from, yeah. you know, $1,300 an ounce to $1,400 an ounce or, you know, 1500 to 1200 or that's well, it. any number to any other number. Right. <laughs> but, but without the, um, the price range that, that cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin typically say, um, we'll see. And mm-hmm. people frequently talk about how volatile cryptocurrency markets are um Mm -hmm. but that just depends on how far you zoom the chart uh you can look at certain periods of amazon.com and see the same kind of fluctuations you get with cryptocurrencies it's not one thing or another it's just well you can but that's not a currency that's a stock right sure but people don't often complain about the volatility of a stock well, and no, you they, buy a stock because it's an investment. You you have currency to pay for things. And so you and don't want a currency that keeps changing in value. People, if it's going down, you lose your money. And if it's going up, nobody will spend it. So either way, you're toast. So either way, people look at various cryptocurrencies as investments because they, right. in some cases, are useful or they're a better store yeah. of value than gold or regular uh, currencies okay i'm not gonna go anywhere near saying that cryptocurrencies are a better store of value than gold that's uh let come back when you can show me a thousand years of history on cryptocurrencies (laughs) and we'll have that discussion we'll have to do that uh i will mark my calendar from 1000 years from now (laughs) uh but in the meantime i can certainly look at 10 years and say that cryptocurrencies Actually, most cryptocurrencies have performed better than gold has over 10 yeah. years. I can show you 10-year periods over which gold has dropped in price. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, which is true, too. Yeah. Um, so the idea that uh, Infinigold is going to produce the Perth Mint gold token mm-hmm. uh, that will probably likely be a little bit more stable than a cryptocurrency. Uh, it will not be tied to a U.S. To, or to the Australian dollar or any other fiat currency. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. All you have to do is trust 
that uh, the Australia baked uh, backed Perth Mint gold token mm -hmm. represents real gold that's actually in their vault. And that vault, uh, that that gold will be tied to you. Apparently, the uh, Perth Mint was opened, this according to their own frequently asked questions, at perthmint.com. In 1899, as a branch of Britain's Royal Mint, the Perth Mint was established to turn the gold from the Western Australian gold rush into sovereigns for the British Empire. Gold Corporation was established by the Gold Corporation Act of 1987, and then in 1988, to take over the operations of the mint is now wholly owned by the government of Western Australia. So they've been around since 1899. Yeah. Do they uh, talk and about it, auditing their gold or have they performed uh, audits? I don't know. I, susp I suspect that yeah. that sort of thing happens. That's mm -hmm. that's usually the well, it's the question I would have with a stable coin, right. no matter what it's tied to. Most right. oil. If your stable coin, well, oil, Matt, oil, you need to audit too. Yeah. yeah. If you want your stable coin to be taken seriously, you've got to have a third party audit. Right. Mm -hmm. If they don't, don't buy that stable coin. I would say. Well, exactly. Mm -hmm. And my question is, how many people? I, I'm just, a, I'm just looking to buy some of these. How many people do I have to trust? That's my question. Mm -hmm. How many people do I have to trust? I have to trust Infinigold and the Perth Mint in this yeah. case. Right. And Whereas. Uh, whereas auditor. with Bitcoin, remember, you do have to uh, trust your own guess about the future value of Bitcoin. And there's no reason, you know, it's it's been around for 12 years and it's been worth something for 12 years or maybe 10 years. No. Uh, that doesn't mean it's going to be worth anything tomorrow. Because well, you also have I, to I'm, trust with Bitcoin. You have to trust that the programmers aren't going to botch it up. Exactly. Right. And you have to trust that what happened to BC, BTC isn't going to happen. And they're going to say, well, we don't care about keeping the coin working because, you know, your solution isn't pure enough. <laughs> You know, doubling the back block size isn't pure enough, so we're going to pay attention to religion instead of quality. Mm -hmm. So, Infinigold uh, is saying that they are going to be 100% backed. I mean, they've got the gold mm -hmm. there. They're claiming that. Uh, yeah. my, my issue with this type of thing is, okay, it's guaranteed by a government. And mm -hmm. not only do I have to trust Infinigold, I have to trust the Western uh I have to trust the backing. I trust. I have to trust that the money is in a vault. With mm -hmm. Bitcoin, I have to trust the math. That's what I have to trust. Well, no, Unless, you have to trust the math and the market value. No, I don't have to is trust Is the market that. value going to go to a dollar of Bitcoin? We don't know. Do I have Good. to trust that? No, that's not the question of Bitcoin. You're, you're placing all the discussion on value. All I have to do is say that Bitcoin, a Bitcoin is worth a Bitcoin. And for it, okay. yeah. So in other words, you don't have to trust it because it makes no promises. Well, I can also say that <laughs> this is worth an ounce of gold. That's a real thing that you can hold in your hand. Right. You can have a pile of gold at home and slowly but surely for your spending money, you buy a few of these Perth Mint coins. Right. Okay. And use them to pay for your cryptocurrency and that way it's still backed by gold correct but your real fortune is the actual gold that you have at home but the every perth day mint i have to trust makes them. it liquid i have to trust perth mint yeah you're and you're not wrong about that chris that yeah you yeah. It, with all of these stable coins there's somebody you have to trust and if it's not going to mm -hmm. be the government 
then because my first objection to the non-governmental stable coins the gold-backed ones is well okay what if the government raids the vault because that's what happened with the liberty dollar which was before Mm. cryptocurrency liberty dollar was sort of the best alternative currency in the united states and what happened the government came in in 2007 and raided not only the mint the sunshine mint in cordelline idaho which Mm. is where they were doing the minting and the storage of these things and they also raided the liberty dollar head offices i think it was in uh, indiana evansville i believe it was Uh, And they took all their coins. So, you know, that to me is the biggest risk with these operations. And I suspect that Lloyds of London will not insure against governmental theft. Right. Yeah, that's that's a concern. I don't know if that's true. I was thinking Lloyds of London might insure against anything. (laughs) If so, (laughs) then I would be less concerned. If there was actually Mm -hmm. an insurance policy backing a stable coin that said if the government raids will pay out hmm. that would be pretty cool it's we'll always... just legalize gambling and we can uh, and we can create our own insurance policies by betting something isn't going to happen i'll say you can insure anything if you've got enough money for that policy 855 450 free what do you think this is free time you can be the smartest person in the room on the topic of the constitution if you watch this free webinar Liberty First University is online training on the principles of liberty and the origin, proper application, and defense of our founding documents and the principles they contain. You will receive an education worthy of the highest institutions of learning as if the founders were teaching it. Join us at lfu.freetalklive.com to watch the free pre-recorded webinar. Watch now at lfu.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE. That's our toll-free number. That's 855-450-3733. I wanted to take a moment and thank Robert Womack 3. Robert Womack 3. He is a silver amplifier of Free Talk Live. What is an amplifier, you may ask? That's somebody who belongs to our AMP program. These are folks who have decided that it's important to hear another type of voice on the radio. Somebody who's not just giving you the Republican talking points, not giving you the Democrat talking points. We're giving you the libertarian talking points. Certainly (laughs) you will get that here and you'll get an opportunity to actually give us your talking points, your point of view. Uh, where other shows might not. And Robert has pledged to give us five bucks a month to go towards us getting on more stations and doing uh, more to get the ideas of liberty out there. So thank you, Robert, uh, Silver Amplifier. To find out more about the AMP program, that stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote, you can go to amp.freetalklive.com. And find out more about what you can do to help Free Talk Live. In studio, it's myself, Chris. And Ian. And nobody. And we have been talking, it's been a stablecoin conversation. We're talking about this stablecoin called uh, Infinigold, or I should say, uh, that's the company that is launching the Perth Mint Gold Token. It's going to be a cryptocurrency that is going to be backed by actual gold, so they claim. And that's an interesting idea in that this token happens to be backed by government-guaranteed gold 
reserves and held in a vault in Australia. So, or actually they uh, said in a network of central bank grade vaults where that happens to be, uh, this article doesn't really share. So um, the idea is that your coins will be backed by something physical. This is something we hear a lot of criticism around cryptocurrencies. You know, what's Bitcoin backed by? What's Bitcoin cash backed by? Yeah. And basically it's backed by transaction fees. Okay. Bitcoin um, cash? And Bitcoin. Uh, it's backed by, I mean, the one thing that you can get You're telling me for the, the Bitcoin one, the one thing of, of value action. is transaction fees? Yes, because that's the one thing that you can use Bitcoin for directly mm. is to pay for Bitcoin transactions. It seems a little circular. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and and that's that's the whole issue is that it is circular. Whereas I love the idea of a stable coin. Now, and if you want to limit your risk from stable coins, one of the things that you should do is if you want to be exposed to gold, then accumulate gold stable coins from a variety of mints. Oh, couldn't I just accumulate gold? Uh, well, that's the other thing is also accumulate some gold. The problem with with gold is it's bulky and it's heavy and it's hard to move. So in theory, what you really want to be able to do is take the gold in your basement, take a few ounces of it down to the local pawn shop or, or gold shop and trade it for these stable coins that you can then use for your to buy a cup of coffee. I want to go back to the, the statement about Bitcoin and what it's backed by because I, I disagree with you on this. I think that the Bitcoin mm -hmm. and cryptocurrency in general is backed by and what makes it valuable is the fact that it is cryptographically secure and it has an incredibly uh, diverse network that mm -hmm. exists behind it. The payment network, the strength of that network, the un the uncrackability mm -hmm. of it, uh, the uh, the decentralized nature of it. Yeah. This is valuable. And, and that's that network why... is run purely for transaction fees. So that's exactly what and I my, meant when I say fees. it's backed by, by transactions. Well, okay, but backing yeah. isn't the... I mean, when I think of backing, I think, what's the value that's behind this thing? The fact that there are transaction fees is, is immaterial to its value, right? Like, all cryptos have transaction fees, except mm -hmm. for a few of them. I mean, most of them do. Right. Uh, but most of them right. aren't worth talking about they, because they they're not be worth so, anything. Right. And transaction so, fee may be so low that it's negligible right. to you, but if they're there. But, you know, you talked about these stable coins being valuable to you because there's something behind them, and I don't disagree with you there, but remember, all of these stable coins that I've ever seen are tokens on the Ethereum blockchain. If they're not on Ethereum, they might be on Tron or one of these other right. blockchains. Right. Stellar which, is big on stable coins. And we'll want to get into Stellar it. here in just a moment because why not? Uh, but the let's just talk about the Ethereum blockchain for a moment. This is mm -hmm. a large blockchain. It is you know competitive mm -hmm. with Bitcoin. I don't know how many you know people are mining Ethereum right now. I don't know how many nodes there are, but I suspect mm -hmm. there's quite a few of them. So you've got a pretty valuable network that mm -hmm. backs the stable coins. In addition to the stable coin being backed by a physical product in the in the case of gold. The network mm -hmm. is also backing that product because if the Ethereum network fails, you mm. don't have a stable coin you can move anymore. Right. So from time to time, uh, the Perth Mint is going to have to trade some of their stable coin for actual Ethereum or Ethereum gas mm -hmm. to pay the transaction fees. Mm -hmm. So that is 
um, it's like, what's what is the dollar backed by? Well, it's backed by you don't pay your you pay your you have to pay your taxes in dollars, and if you don't pay your taxes, the dollar the government will kill you. So the dollar mm-hmm. is backed by not being killed. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey, do we have, want to talk to those folks that are on the line? I here? would like to go to uh, Mike in Washington State. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hi, I'm glad to hear that nobody's uh, there tonight because I wanted to thank him for that video um, from TED Talk. Nobody, you did you a TED Talk? About addiction. <laughs> um, oh, oh no, he, he yeah. Was Isn't that one. a great video? Which one but was it? Wait, just it, it, it. It was, and I don't need to call you and cry on your shoulder, but it really, I, I learned a lot from it, and I appreciate it. That's not what I called for, but thank you. And, what was and it also, called? I don't I mean, know just what a, Aria Everything you think you know about addiction is wrong. Okay, okay. That way people can look it up. Now, is this um, mouth and then breathing? my subject is going to... <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. My subject is actually, even though I live in Gold Bar, I'm going to talk about silver. But <laughs> I don't know is Arya going to be home soon because I have a poem for her when she returns to the airwaves. Arya will faithful. be back on she'll, Monday she'll, night. She'll be back Monday. She'll love the yeah. poem. I promise. It's okay, not great. a gag. Anyway, silver. I'm dirt poor. I make almost the exact same amount of money monthly that an ounce of gold costs today. Okay. Everything you're talking about tonight is out of my. It, it's never going to happen. And there's millions of people like me that are on a social security income mm-hmm. and we, we cannot participate in this great stuff you're talking about, but we can participate in things like silver vacuum sealed dime bags of marijuana um, rolling things that we have to barter with. And I recommend that for poor people and probably a lot of them listening because we have radios, not TVs purchase ounces and grams of silver. I've got like five pounds of mixed silver. It's not much, but it could probably get me something if the, the you know what hits the fan. And I just I'm always kind of prepared. I actually right. sleep with a go bag for winter. I, I mean, so I'm actually prepared, you mm-hmm. know, and a lot of people aren't. But I think people should keep a small stack because we're just poor. We're not going to buy Bitcoin and gold. Well, now, hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bitcoin, I mean, you can buy a dollar's worth of Bitcoin. So that's the biggest uh, misconception, I think, when it comes to people who are new to cryptocurrency. They say, well, I can't afford eighty five hundred dollars for right. a Bitcoin. Most people would not be able to afford that. However, as you pointed out, you could buy a dollar's worth, but that would be kind of silly because the Bitcoin fees are very high. So it all get, would get eaten up by mm. <laughs> by the fees. Yeah. Well, but, I don't recommend Bitcoin. I recommend Bitcoin Cash. There's a bunch of different options out there. Uh, but, you know, but, you can still but, buy twenty dollars worth if, you, if you've got an extra twenty bucks sitting then yeah. you can put that into cryptocurrency no problem or if you know cryptocurrency users um just if they want a favor tell them hey i'll do a favor for you for a little bit of bitcoin you for 10 it. bucks worth of bitcoin exactly right. and if you okay do- so it is it is doable but it's I, i'm an old man so it it's is doable difficult. but i just look at the street value of things because that's where I'm going to end up when somebody dips my trailer over. You know, I mean, I'm in, I'm in that environment uh, if you where hold on, I would end up that. I'm not, I'm, sure if, I'm not sure if you finished your point, so we can put you on hold here. And uh, if you've got more, stand by. Great. So what do you think? Stable gold. Gold backed by the government, but they'll give you crypto representing it. Is this a good idea? Nobody seems to think it is. And I can see the appeal to something backed. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's our toll-free number, 855-450-3733. 
That's the number to get on the air. It's our final segment, but there may be time to get you on the air. Um, we have been talking stable coins and of particular this stable coin coming out of Australia that is going to be backed by, this is kind of circular, it's going to be backed by uh, gold guaranteed by the government. So uh, this a is government. a government, uh, the government of Western Australia. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's kind of interesting. And the question is, is, you know, my question is, would you trust it? Uh, would you trust them and the government mm-hmm. to actually have the gold, uh, regardless of what they tell uh, investors in this potential stable coin? Uh, mm-hmm. That is the issue, and I think that should be the core question when you're involved in cryptocurrencies: is mm-hmm. do I have to trust somebody? Um, and yeah. the idea that the Bitcoin put forth was the idea uh, that you don't trust, you verify. Uh, yeah, and of course, but that idea is nonsense because the very idea of Bitcoin trusts your ability to get electricity, your ability to get power your ability to get bitcoin internet. doesn't care if i have power it does uh, were you planning on writing it on paper <laughs> with a pencil how are you going to use bitcoin without power you need power. devices you, you... are you going to think it to people come on <laughs> come on think bro uh, really how do you use bitcoin without power, power. no 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 what that, i that's said an was absurdity. what i said was bitcoin doesn't care if i have power no, Bitcoin doesn't care if you have power because right. Bitcoin doesn't care about anything. It's not in the it's business of caring. It doesn't. Right. It's, 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 it's a code. number on a ledger. It's but if code. you can't access that money, if ah, you can't transfer we're it to about somebody its else, value and its e- e- equal use. What I'm saying is that it doesn't. Oh, care. you'll still have five vi- bitcoins somewhere. You just right. won't. It just won't be of any use to you. Right. Until the power comes back. Until on. the power comes back, or right. the internet comes and back. And nobody using. Bitcoin right now in uh, lots of California. Right. That's right. Exactly. exactly. Those transactions are but hanging it, out But there. it will be there when the power comes back on because of the persistence of the blockchain. That That's, much is true. That yeah. is correct. Let's go back to uh, the gentleman yeah. who uh, was on the line. Mike, We're going back to Mike in Washington State. Mike, you still with us? Thank, thank you. I'll make it real quick. So no in problem. my particular case, if I was 65 and retired, um, and on Social Security, I could do anything I want. I could work the market. I could own and buy and sell homes, all this stuff. But for the millions of people that are like, I was a dump truck driver. I can't pass an eye exam. I'm now on Social Security disability. I cannot have any kind of earned income over $2,000 a year. They probe you annually up your fourth point of contact to find out if you went and made a dollar on the street playing your guitar. Jeez. And you just can't have investments in an income. So I just look at the things that you can barter so it's different for me. Um, those things, I could buy Bitcoin and have a little extra money to do so. But once it got to a certain point of value, then I would be looked at because I am nothing. I mean, I live could you, every, do any you way have, I want, but uh, I'm not free. Okay. I don't know what this, obviously, this lifestyle is like. It sounds really frustrating. But if you had Bitcoin, well, I make could you find $1,300 a month? Right, but you're saying the government's going to get into your business. I'm asking you, can hey, you hey, sell hey, a hey, thing hey. for cash and not tell the government about it? That's how you got it. Yes, you have. Yeah, right. everything. So that's just I, what you, you got to put do. your money right. under the mattress. If you get some, if you get you, you some, gotta, if you get some Bitcoin or some cryptocurrency of some sort, you just got to find somebody who's willing to buy it from you for cash. If you want to cash it out, just don't tell the government about exactly. it. Exactly. 
Yeah. Right. So you can do that. But in the meantime, I keep beef jerky and rolling papers and things that I can trade because I'm always downtown because I travel on the bus system to the VA, which is three hours of all the stuff that's down there. You know, and if we got in a really serious pinch, of course, I would be robbed and and tipped over out of my wheelchair immediately. (laughs) Well, I hope that doesn't um, happen to you. But I keep a backpack of things that I can trade for safe Mm. passage through Chinatown and Seattle, say, for instance, because even today it's dangerous there. Hopefully it doesn't Um, get that bad. I look at it that way. I, I'm always I'm always prepared for the big storm. Good good idea <laughs> getting some silver. Thank Thanks for the call. Thanks well, for the call, you, Mike. For- um, we're gonna stay on the phones where we're gonna go to Olivia in Arizona. Olivia, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Chris, nobody, and Ian. Hey I just hey. wanted to make a hey. I just wanted to make a a quick point at how absurd this is that they're allowed to shut the the electricity off. Mm-hmm. Is that uh. On offgridsurvival.com, they have an article where Reason Magazine went out to Los Angeles County. They went out to the deserts where these people are in the middle of nowhere. They're bothering no one. They were living off grid. Mm-hmm. And people got arrested and thrown in a cage for not hooking up to the electric system. Wow. You are not but being electric- a valuable PG&E customer. <laughs> you need to <laughs> yeah, go to jail. exactly. Wow. You're not paying for electricity that that doesn't even isn't even reliable. I can't believe that this isn't like a national or well national emergency. Honestly, mm-hmm. how can they shut off power to people like you said? They for throw a, lot a switch. Of people, this is- well, the first thing you have to do in order to do that is buy the media and get the media going full tilt on all cha- all channels saying this is all normal this is all okay there's nothing right. unusual going well, on not here saying and that. people will believe it the media is going after PG&E i mean they're they're targeting PG&E mm-hmm. as though they're the ones who are causing this problem when of course uh, the reality is it's the california government and their regulations and their re- utility commission that has guaranteed PG&E a monopoly that's what's causing the problem and by extension mm-hmm. the people who wow. voted for regulations yeah Two yeah. years ago on, on the Los Angeles Times, they covered uh, several people who have, like, battery solar power and battery storage in their garages. And this, they had a representative from the electric company or from somewhere saying, oh, it's not cost-effective, blah, blah, blah. It's not, <laughs> it's not a feasible for the regular customer. And it's just like, man, I, I bet that guy's glad he invested now. So, uh, so the idea of yeah. regulations requiring you to hook up to the grid, this is pretty widespread. It's not just I remember a story out of Florida where the guy was off the grid and, you know, the, they would not certify his home. as. And I think it the story ended uh, with the, the county government or somebody trying to um, – what's the term I'm looking for – declare something unfit to live in mm, that would be uh, condemn yeah. condemn yeah. thank you um it condemned housing because they weren't they were trying to live off grid and this happens all over the place it's insane uh olivia well, if the government yeah if, if the government had not approved this this would be a, an emergency like this would be an emergency zone but since the, the government's like yeah we're, we'll think about it you can go ahead and shut the power off for these people it's it's okay. Does that make any sense at all? It's insane what's going on out there. Don't, uh, it don't truly expect is. government to make sense. Yeah. Olivia, thank you so much for the call. Hmm. We're going to go to David in New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I'm Hello. not uh, PG&E. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Loud and clear. Yeah, on that PG&E thing, um, uh, ideally all the electric companies would all go out of business and 
and you'd be, you'd be better off if you learned to cope without it. But on the uh, the fire thing, there's several different aspects, and you're out of time. So the most important one is that the government is using this fire threat, fire fear thing in a bunch of different ways. And just there's just one component is that um, the natural state of things should be that you should be able to drive down the road or walk through the forest chucking lit matches and there shouldn't be a problem because before humans came along and controlled fire, lightning started fires left and right. And where right. the lightning failed to do it, the natives came along and did it for the lightning. And then what happened is whenever, whenever a fire did start any time of year anywhere, it only burned a few acres because lightning and the natives had been coming along and keeping it uh, burned uh, to a great degree continuously and the government has been getting in a way in the way of that process and causing this this danger it's the equivalent of if you decided to store a couple hundred gallons of gasoline in your garage and five gallon pails and then someone walking down the sidewalk uh, smoking to set your your garage on fire and then you blame it on the person walking down the sidewalk smoking. That's well, what the government is well, doing to us. Come on, David. I mean, farmers can go out and do controlled burns unless you happen to live in the Hammond Ranch in Oregon where the federal government threw them in jail for five years because they were trying to do controlled burns. Hmm. Yeah. Right. So we need to get rid of the, we need to get rid of the government. Um, and so everybody needs to practice their coordinated fighting skills because that's the best thing that could possibly happen. Um, well, they have uh, definitely malicious gun churches that are working on doing just that because, uh, you know, armed revolt and armed cob- conflict are always in the realm of possibility. Hey, well, thanks for the call. Thanks well, for the call. Man. One more factoid here. Hard Fork reported back in June that two-thirds of failed stablecoin projects launched since 2017 were backed with physical gold. Two-thirds of them failed. Unbelievable. Wow. That's all the time we have for you tonight, but we'll be here tomorrow night taking your calls with your interests. This is Free Talk Live. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin Cash. Local.bitcoin.com. Are you locked into a crappy schedule where you're forced to report to work or even to a relationship where you're not allowed to do the things you want to do? That sucks. Wouldn't you prefer to live a more free life? There's another way to live. I'm Caleb Jones, and my staff and I have taught hundreds of thousands of men how to create low-work, high-income, location-independent businesses and how to date women under your terms. Go to freelifeinfo.com to download seven free books and podcasts so you can live a life like this too.